Let's look at the book of Psalm tonight. We're going to look at the great shepherd tonight, Psalm 23. If you look, go to Psalm 23. The by far this is one of the most popular psalms that we can look at. It. Many people know this psalm by heart. But let's look at the psalm tonight from verse 1 to verse 3. Excuse me. The Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lay down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restored my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that we are, you are our great shepherd. And help us, Lord, to be obedient sheep to you, to follow you, and when you call us. And Lord, help us, Lord, to, as we live our lives, that this world will see we are the sheep of the Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Tonight we're going to look at this psalm, primarily at these, verse, these three verses. The title of the message is The Shepherd's Pat. So we're going to look at this maybe in, in days ahead because we saw different things about Christmas. We will look at the rest of the psalm. But for tonight we're going to kind of focus on these three verses here. So the 21st, 23rd psalm, I'm sorry, is one of the, one of the best loved and most well-known sections of the entire Bible. Many people know this psalm by heart. Many people know it. David wrote this psalm under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit more than 3,000 years ago. And, this, and these six verses the word that makes the psalm have brought untold comfort to first the Jewish and then the Christian believers for centuries since then. And I believe they are more important than ever for us to hear today because so many in our time, have lost their way, their way and are in desperate need of a shepherd. You know, even Jesus in, in, in the book of uh, Luke, I believe, if I'm not mistaken here, he said when he looked at the multitudes, he said he's looking and he was moved at his heart because the Bible says he saw sheep without a shepherd. And more than ever, even our day today, we see more and more sheep without a shepherd. People are going all over the place. They have nobody to, to, to go to, and they do the best they can. Praise the Lord that some of us found Jesus and found, found the great shepherd. So Psalm 23 is a beautiful poem that uses the image of God as a shepherd. So David penned the psalm. And had been a shepherd, and he's been a shepherd himself, yeah, but he knew what a shepherd is because he was a shepherd. He understood the parallel between the task of a shepherd's caring, a shepherd's caring for a sheep and God's caring for his people. He's trying you know, from a very simple, simplistic, simplistic way to make us understand how good of a shepherd our God really is. So sheep are totally dependent on the, on the shepherd, if you know sheep, for food, water, leadership, and guidance as they move from place to place, just as uh, as we are, in the, we are dependent upon God for our very, our very day need too. So sheep depend on the shepherd for protection, for a wide range of, uh, from a wide range of, of predators and dangers, just as we look at, to God for, as our protector and defender. So in the New Testament, Jesus revealed himself to be who? The good shepherd of his people. John chapter 1, 10 verse 1, fulfilling the Old Testament prophecy that God would come to shepherd his people, Ezekiel chapter 34, uh, and verse 7 to 16, verse 23. So why is this psalm so well loved? Why Psalm 23 is so well known and so well known? I believe it's because in, uh, uh, we all know that we need a shepherd. We need somebody to go to. In desperate times of life, who we want? God. When life hurts, who we know? We want God. When we feel so lonely at heart, who we want? God. Who understands the longest of our heart? God does. You know, we can talk to people. We can, we can say, this person, that person, great friend, they love me. They, you know, they, when I talk to them, they listen to me. And anyway, it, some friends are good comfort. They are. I'm not going to say that because, not because I would be lying. We need friendships. We need that. But more than anything, we need God. And God can give us so much comfort, and David understood that. Actually, we all uh, uh, need someone to guide us through this road called life. 
We read this, like I said, I said Luke, but it's actually in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, Matthew 9.36, when Jesus said, And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. So that is, uh, that is telling a, 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 a picture, or giving us a picture of our time today. People, have, uh, people let go of God, and as a result, they lack purpose and direction in their lives. And many people, they have no direction in life. They now have no aim. They're just existing. What a sad picture of our world today. They're just existing through this world. They, they don't have no aim for it. And if you tell them, you know, where are you going when you die? They don't even know how to answer you. They don't know. They lost sight of God. Somebody's, even our young generation, somebody forgot to tell them about God. Listen, folks, God is not a fable or a story that it is out there. God is real and can be real in people's lives. That is a picture of so many people in, a, in this society in which we live, running through all kinds of places with no sense of direction, no aim for living. They're simply, like I said, existing. Psalm 23 reminds us that God stands ready to be our shepherd if we will only let Him be. God is not uh, so distant who... Uh, uh, far away in the universe that is unreachable. God is very reachable. God is close to us and cares for us as shepherd cares for sheep. In this psalm, David, who is himself a shepherd, describes the Lord as, as, his, own, as his own personal shepherd. And because he, he, has, the, uh, he has the Lord for, as, for shepherd, he does not lack anything he needs. Remember this. Who is David? David is the king of Israel. And he looks at the Lord as his shepherd. How many rich people in this land could care less about God? You know, their God, their God is money and their riches. You know, riches will fly away, the Bible says. When they die in a cold grave, their riches just flew away. What they have, they go, they leave the same way they came back with nothing. We will be longing, looking at this psalm uh, tonight, these three verses. And let's look at that, uh, him from several points I want to share with you uh, uh, shortly tonight. Let's have a good time with this psalm tonight. Number one, we see the shepherd's identity from verse 1 to verse 3. And uh, first of all, I want us to focus on the identity of the shepherd. Verse 23. Who is the shepherd who guides David to the path of life? Who is the shepherd that guides you to the path of life? Who is the shepherd who walks with David to the valley of death? Who is the shepherd who welcomes David into his home? I think we need to know who the shepherd is, don't we? Who is the shepherd? Who is the shepherd that we can tell people, the Lord is my shepherd? Who is this shepherd? Letter A, the Lord is the shepherd of Israel. In verse 1 of our text, David identifies his shepherd as the Lord. But let me tell you, I want you to pay attention to verse 1 right there. Okay? If you look at verse 1, we see the Lord is all capital letters there, right? Look at your verse if you have your Bible there. He is my shepherd. I shall now want. So David expresses here that the Lord personally, he knows the Lord personally as his shepherd, but he, he uses the, the word here, the word for the Lord in capital letters. So you may have noticed this right here. Why capital letters? Okay. It's because there are two different words for the Lord in the Old Testament. Okay. There's Adonai, which means Lord or Master. Adonai is translated Lord with a capital L, but lowercase word, or uh, Lord, like O-R-D is a lowercase. L is capital, capitalized, okay? This, there, is a name, uh, there is a name Yahweh, which, translated with, which is translated with all capital letters. Yahweh is God's personal covenant name, and, and, uh, and, re, and uh, the one was revealed that, that revealed himself to Moses in, in the burning bush when, when he told Moses, I am that I am. So, so who is the shepherd here in Psalm 23? The shepherd of Psalm 23 is Yahweh. See? Capitalized right there. It is Yahweh, the creator God, God Almighty, God the Most High, the one true and living God who makes and keeps His covenant with His people. So God is called a shepherd elsewhere in Scripture too. In Genesis 49:24, He is called the shepherd, the rock of Israel. Actually, let me read the verse to you. But His 
bow, uh, bold in strength in, in the arms of his hand, were made strong by the hand of the almighty God of Jacob. From thence it is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. And also in the book of Exodus through Deuteronomy, he, he leads history, uh, uh, history people, uh, the people of Israel through the wilderness, I'm sorry, to the promised land as the shepherd leads the sheep. You see, but right here in Psalm 23, uh, uh, David expresses, and Yahweh is my shepherd. Let it be, we see the Messiah as the shepherd to come. I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice. So, Old Testament prophecy revealed that Yahweh was not only a shepherd, but, but that he would also one day come as the shepherd for his people, as promised through the scriptures. Actually, Isaiah uh, uh, paints a, a beautiful picture of the Lord as the shepherd of, in, in Isaiah chapter, actually, go to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 10, and keep your finger in the book of, of uh, uh, Psalm 23. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 10 and 11. Let's look at, at Isaiah chapter uh, 40, verse 10 and 11. <clears throat> Let's look here for a second. Look what it says in verse 10. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. And he shall feed his flock like a shepherd, and he shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Ezekiel also prophesied of the coming shepherd. In Ezekiel chapter 34, i read these verses to you. And it says, verse 23, And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, even my servant David. He shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. And in verse 24 says, And I am the Lord will... Uh, I'm sorry, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken it. So while this passage does not identify exactly when God will fulfill uh, the promise of bringing one shepherd over Israel, uh, Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 23, speaks of a time when God would judge and intercede to rescue his people. These events coincide with, with the day of the Lord and the millennium uh, kingdom, the time when the Messiah will come to earth again, having come the first time to pay for sin, to judge and to live and rule. So these prophecies were recognized as, as pointing forward to the Messiah who would come as a shepherd king to rule over and take care of his people. Let us see, we see Jesus as the good shepherd. Jesus as the good shepherd. He himself said he was the good shepherd. So, so it is uh, no real surprise when Jesus arrived, identify himself as the shepherd. Actually, go to John chapter 10. Go to John chapter 10 and look, let's look at this. John chapter 10. What does Jesus do there? I mean, probably in your Bible is in, in red letters. But look in John chapter 10, what Jesus said with his own lips. Look what he says, verse 11. In 10, 14. We're going to jump to 11 to verse 14. Same chapter. Look what it says. Look what it says. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. Verse 14. Uh, the shepherd. And know my sheep. And, and I am known of mine. So Jesus was drawing on a rich tradition of shepherd imagery right here from the Old Testament, including Psalm 23, which we just have in our text. And these prophets uh, uh, and the prophecies of the Messiah, of course, Jesus added a new element to the picture here, and that of the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. Jesus openly said, I am the good shepherd, and I will lay my life down for my sheep. Did he do that? Yes, he did. He did. The shepherd went to Calvary's cross. He laid down his life for sheep. He did. He did. Elsewhere, in the New Testament, Jesus is so-called the great shepherd. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. You see, uh, he's not only the shepherd, he's the great shepherd. Uh, verse 20, I'm sorry. Hebrews 13, verse 20. It says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus, that, that, look what it says, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. You see, the Bible here now, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and the Bible calls Jesus the great shepherd. Okay, he's also called the chief shepherd. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. Let's go there. 
I'll wait for you if you want to make it there to, in your Bible. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. He's not only, he calls himself the good shepherd. The Bible calls him in Hebrews the great shepherd. And here in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4, he's the chief shepherd. Lord says, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, he shall receive a crown of glory that faded not away. So who is the, the shepherd in Psalm 23? He is the Lord. He is God. He is our way. But in the light of the New Testament, we can also identify him as our Lord Jesus, the promised Messiah who laid down his life for a sheep on, on the cross. So who is the shepherd on Psalm 23? Can you put Jesus there? Yes. He is the great shepherd. He's the good shepherd. The, he is the, the great shepherd. He is the chief shepherd. He is the shepherd of David. He is my shepherd. He is your shepherd. The Lord Yahweh is my shepherd, I have no ones. You know what David said? I am satisfied. Wow. Let's go to point number two. The shepherd personal relationship. The shepherd personal relationship. Now, that God, now, that God would condescend to a shepherd is a wonderful truth. But there is another aspect of the verse that, that one, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the verse, verse one that makes uh, this psalm uh, sweet to us makes like the sweet song that we read and we like it and we you feel warm and we feel like somebody cares and loves us okay let's look at verse one again let's go to some um let me go back to the sum uh i'm gonna i want to get the sum right here in my bible but it looks look at verse one uh of some uh 23 myself look what it says the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want look at the Lord the word right there my my what is that is, is a, a a pronoun right there I think so the Lord is my shepherd and the little word my right here the Lord is not only a shepherd but he is my shepherd that speaks of a closeness and a personal relationship with the shepherd and that makes all the difference in the world you can have a personal relationship with God as your shepherd. You see, this makes this psalm so sweet, so warm, that you want to read it and you want to memorize it. You want to take it to heart. And in the most difficult times of life, we can say the Lord is my shepherd. I'm not alone. He is with me. He is my shepherd. He knows exactly what I'm going through. You know, that's a sweet song. And we think about all the obstacles, all the problems, all the battles that they've went through. You know, even in the, in the book of Psalms, we see him depressed, down, cast down. And you know what? And in Psalm 23, we come to that. The Lord is my shepherd. What a personal thing that David says here. Sweet psalm to all of us. That speaks of a close relationship. With uh, between us and the Lord. When we read that personally and we read it as our own words, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall now want. Letter A, we see the shepherd knows his sheep intimately. The shepherd knows his sheep intimately. The shepherd is different from someone who simply raises cattle on a ranch. The shepherd knows each of his sheep individually and develops a close relationship with them. He knows your habits. He knows your weakness. He knows your strengths. He knows everything about you and me. He knows us inside and out. He is there when the sheep is born. He is there when the sheep is ill. He is there when the sheep wanders away. He is there to, to bring the sheep back home to the fold. He, he often gives... Each sheep a name based on the sheep's personality and special circumstances. Look what it says in John chapter 10, verse 14. We already read these verses. It says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And I am known of mine. And look at verse 15. says, As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. I laid down my life for the sheep. There's no deep relationship or no deeper relationship in the world than the relationship between the members of the Trinity right here. The great, the three persons of Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit have existed as one in perfect harmony of, for all eternity. And yet Jesus dares to model his relationship with his sheep after his 
own personal relationship with the Father, the deepest, most intimate relationship we can imagine. And Jesus said, I want to have a relationship with you. So who is the shepherd of Psalm 23? You can put Jesus there. He is our great shepherd. He is our great shepherd. Let it be the sheep knows the shepherd, shepherd personally. Folks, no relationship, uh, no relationship is one way straight. You follow that? No relationship is one way straight. It's a constant giving and receiving. That's how relationships don't matter. Is is it between a father and a son, a father and a daughter, or a father and a grandfather, or you and your grandfather, grandmother, uh, between a mother and a daughter, mother and a son. However, relationships is, is always a constantly giving and receiving. That's how relationships work. In this case, here it goes it goes like this. The Lord provides blessings and in return he receives praises. You know, the Lord blesses us, and in return, what the sheep do, man, we praise the Lord. What are we doing here tonight? We're praising the Lord together. That's it. That's it. You know what? The Lord blesses. We give Him praise. The Lord blesses. We give Him praise. There's a constant giving and receiving. Get this. Not only does the shepherd know the sheep, the sheep knows the shepherd too. Follow that? Folks, every relationship is always a two-way street. And right here, God says, my sheep know me. You know, when people open their mouth, if you are Christian, when people open their mouth, you can tell they're Christians. Some people can say, oh, I'm a Christian. And you look at them and they, you put a question mark there and say, I don't know if you are one or not. You know, but the sheep, the sheep know the shepherd and the shepherd know the sheep. The shepherd have a relationship with the sheep and the sheep have a relationship with the shepherd. That's what Jesus meant when he said in John chapter 10, verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. And I am known of mine. He said, I know them, but they know me too. Jesus also said in John chapter 10, verse 3, To him the porter open and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when the shepherd, and when, I'm sorry, he put it forth, his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. So each, each shepherd in the Middle East developed a distinct call that a sheep immediately recognized. So when two shepherds uh, and their flocks crossed paths each, uh, with each other, there was no problem. They recognized the voice of the shepherd. And I believe we too as Christians, we recognize the voice of the Lord, don't we? We do. We do. When the Lord calls, we know the Lord is calling. When he puts the inner voice in our heart, and in our mind, we know the Lord is calling. We're sensitive to that. The Lord is calling. The shepherd is calling us. Sometimes he calls us right through the pages of his word. You open the Bible and you begin to read and he begins to talk to you. You see, the beauty of, the, uh, of uh, this is the beauty of Psalm 23. The Lord is not simply a shepherd. He is not only the shepherd of David, he is my shepherd. And you can say the same thing. The Lord is my shepherd. And because he is my shepherd, I have no want. I know him. He knows me. This is the beauty of Christianity. Christianity is not about a set of rules or regulations. It's about enjoying a personal relationship with our God and our Creator through the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The shepherd knows the sheep, and the sheep knows the shepherd. Let me go to our point number three, the shepherd's provision. We have looked at the identity of the shepherd. Who's the shepherd of Psalm 23? The Lord Jesus Christ. We have looked at our personal relationship with the shepherd, and now let's look at the provision of the shepherd. Does the shepherd provide for a sheep? Every shepherd does. They'll go look for the places where they can eat and be satisfied. <coughs> Listen, the Lord provides solid food for us. He does. Through the jobs that we work in many, many other ways, but he also provides something we must not forget, spiritual food. How we get that spiritual food? By reading his word, by listening to the teaching and preaching of God's word, is that spiritual food that you and I need to listen all the time because we are easy to forget. 
So we need to have spiritual food constantly and be reminded of God's goodness and how we should live our lives here in this world and how our light should shine here in the world. For sure, I tell you, the Lord is, is a shepherd that provides for a sheep. And look what it says in the end of verse 1. The Lord, I mean, I shall now want. Two statements go together. You can't have one uh, one without the other, and once you have one, the other comes right in. Because the Lord is my shepherd, Psalm, uh, David says, he says, I have no want. See, one goes with the other. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have the one. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall now want. And I like that word shall over there. I mean, yeah, positively, I have no want. That's what he says. Those two, two statements go together. Unless the Lord is my shepherd, I shall, I shall be in want. That's it. If I am not in want, it is because the Lord is my shepherd. And if I am in want, then the Lord is not my shepherd. Because when it comes right down to it, the Lord himself is the real provision that I need. He is the one, the one thing necessary. And if I have him as my shepherd, then I lack nothing. Jesus, give me, uh, give me Jesus and I will be satisfied. Actually, go to Philippians chapter 4. Paul says these words about being satisfied in Jesus and his words of encouragement. I said the book of uh, uh, Philippians is a very encouraging book. We just had a, a series on that and the book of Philippians. Very encouraging book. But look at uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 11. What Paul says in there. Where was Paul when we, he was writing to the Philippians? He was in jail. He had everything to complain about, but he did. But look what he says then in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. Now that I speak in respect of wants, okay? He's not speaking of wants. Look, look what he says. For I have learned in whosoever state I am, therewith to be content. You see, whatever want I have, I said, I have learned to be content. Look what it says in verse 12. I know both how to abase. I know how to abound everywhere I, and, and, and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to uh, abound and to suffer need. And look what it says in verse 13, a verse that a lot of people take out of context. Look what it says. I can do all things to Christ with strength in me. And he's basing these words based on the previous verses that he's talking about. So the psalmist speaks of the shepherd's provision this way. In Psalm 84, verse 11, the Bible says these words, For the Lord God is the sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. To, uh, no good things will he withhold from them that walk it or walk uprightly. So the Lord is a providing Lord. He provides for his sheep. And believe me, he provides. I'm a testimony of that. He provides. The Lord is good. He provides spiritual food. He provides solid food. He does. We have to be open-minded to see the goodness of the Lord in our lives. We have to. We have to. God does not withhold anything from those who walk with Him. This means if you are walking with the Lord, you don't have, uh, you don't have something that, uh, that you're lacking. You, you, you are you should be satisfied walking with the Lord. As David says in Psalm 23, we sometimes wonder why God does not answer certain of our prayers. Because He's God and we are not. You got that? Lord, I've been praying for this thing for this many years. Why don't you answer my prayer? Because He's God and knows better than we do. Who am I to question God? Who am I to question God and get mad at Him because He's not answered prayer? Say, Lord, you got him not. This means if you're walking with the Lord, you can, and the Lord will take care of you. When this happens, we need to trust him, his wisdom, and understanding that God is often accomplishing a greater good in the withholding that we don't understand. Sometimes withholding our prayers. He has a reason for it. He is God, and we are not. And look what, what uh, uh, the psalmist says right here. David says right here, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So Lord, whatever you do, I'm satisfied. This is the shepherd's provision. When Jesus undertakes to be your shepherd or my shepherd, he, provide, he promised to provide all our needs. 
And this is the beauty, illustri- the beauty illustrated here in verse 2 and 3. Look what it says in verse 2. He maketh me to lay down in green pastures. He laid, it, he laid it me beside the still waters. He restored my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness. Look what it says. For his name's sake. That's taking care of us? Yes, it is. Letter A, he said he provides for, for your physical needs. First of all, the Lord provides for your physical needs. This illustrates for uh, us by, by the, 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 the green passage here that says in verse 2. It, it shows that. Look what it says. He making me lay down in green passage. You say, well, one second right here. I'm the one who worked for what I have. That is true. I get out of bed every day early in the morning to go to work, to get a paycheck so I can pay my bills and put food on the table. He said, okay, God is not providing for them, providing. All right. He keeps you healthy. He gives you the air to breathe, the planet to live on. He does all these things. There's a lot of things that we can put on and say, and in the end, we're going to say, God is good. And God is the one who caused me to be able to go to work. By the way, there's nothing to do with our lesson, but work is not a curse. Never been a curse. There was already work in the Garden of Eden before men fell into sin. God put Adam and Eve to work. It's not a curse. So when we go to work, honest day work for honest day pay. That's it. Not to do with our lesson right here, but God provides our physical needs. Green here is the word for new grass. They weren't just just any place that He put you there. God gives you the best for us. And we have to believe that. The good shepherd leads the sheep to good gazing grass right here, rich and fresh and green, full of nutrition, beautiful to life. God, makes, God wants to make your life beautiful, and he, want, and he has promised to supply all your needs through His glories and riches in Christ Jesus. Actually, look what it says in John chapter 10, verse 10. Actually, this verse was mentioned in Sunday school this morning. But look what it says about Satan, Jesus speaking. But the thief cometh not, but not to, to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's Satan. Look what it says. But I, I come, that they, use they, the sheep, might have life. And they might have it more abundantly. He says, you know what? For, I don't know about you. I, I got saved at an older age. You know, I got saved not a little kid. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. But I understand what it is to be on the other side of the wall. I understand when I got saved. I understand when Jesus says right here uh, uh, that they might have life more abundantly. Now I understand what life is all about. I understand. Which something I did not understand before. Was I alive? Yes. Was I living? Yes. Was I was having fun? Yeah, I did all that things. But I didn't understand life the way I understand now because now I have God in my life and now I kind of understand what this world is all about. I do. And I believe you do too. We not always have, the, have everything we desire, but we can trust God to provide all we need. As he was with Israel in the wilderness, God will always be with us, blessing us in everything, watching over our step and ensuring that we lack nothing. With the Lord as our shepherd, we can confidently say, confidently say, I have no want. Notice that the shepherd makes the sheep to lie down. A word that literally means to get away your stress, just purely trusting the Lord. You know, we live in a society today that everybody's all stressed out. Everybody is stressed out. You, you, listen, you, you at the red light, and, and the person is in front of you, or you at the red light, somebody's behind you, and the right turns green. You sit there for about three or two, four seconds. Guess what happened? Somebody's beeping at you. Get off the way. They have their hands up in the air. They say all kinds of things, and you don't even want to know what's going on back in that car. You know what? They all stressed out. Move out of the way. You know, Lord said, you know, you want us to be, put our anxieties down, our stress life down, and just trust Him. Lord, You are my shepherd. Lord, You give me this day. Let me go to get today. I know many problems come. And Lord, when I lose it, Lord, hold me back. Hold me back. A commentator on this verse says, or this verse 23 says these words, The shepherd looks at Psalm 23, She says, Our sheep do not lie down naturally on their own. 
from the experience, he notes four things that must take place before sheep will lie down and, and rest. The, the sheep must be free of fears and predators, free of tension within the flock, free of flies and parasites, and free from hunger. When, and he, he then goes on and demonstrates how the, sh the good shepherd calms their fears, brings unity to the flock, treats the animals from insects, and leads them to a good green grass. Jesus does the same thing for us, meeting all of our needs, making it possible for us to lie down in green pastures. So that when we lay our heads in our pillow, we don't need to worry about anything because he is perfectly in control of everything. Lord, I have a thousand things to do tomorrow. If it's your will, Lord, for me to wake up, then I'll do the best I can. And if I fall short that I don't do everything, then you will give me another day if it's your will. That's how life should be lived. And I must include myself in this because I'm a go, 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 go. I never stop. I, like I said many times to people, I said, I know how to get the training movement and keep going, but I don't know how to stop it. That's one of my weaknesses. I don't know how to stop the train. But I know how to put that train into high speed. I can do that. But my weakness is I don't know how to put the brakes on. I don't know how. I need my shepherd. We need to trust the shepherd. We need to trust his loving care that he gives us every day. Let it be, he provides rest and peace in an anxious world. He provides that. The shepherd provides peace and rest in an anxious world. This illustrates for us by quiet waters. Look what it says in verse 2. He leadeth me beside the still waters. You know one thing I love about the ocean is when there's no waves. When you look, especially in the morning or at night, when the sun goes down or the sun comes up and the ocean is just flat as can be, it's a peaceful ocean and you see the sun coming up and that golden colors reflecting in that waters. It just gives you a sense of peace. I don't know about you, it does to me. Even at, or at night or in the morning, just that sense of peace. I don't know. I, when I live in the islands in Portugal, I experience this many, many, many times. So he leads me beside the quiet waters. Either way, it is a word that, that means to a place of quietness and rest. Can we find a place of quietness of Jesus, a place of rest? Yes, we can. Do you have a place in which you meet Jesus every day? A place of quietness, of rest, and we, we just sit there, we think of the Lord, we meditate on His Word, maybe we pray, maybe we read His Word, just that place, maybe a place on which you sit, sit there for maybe for five minutes, ten minutes, maybe an hour or two, however, whatever the Lord lays on, how much need we knew, but we need that quiet place, the still waters, on which we just block everything from the world, and we say, Lord, this time is mine and yours. We need that quiet waters in the busy, anxiety or anxious world that we live in. Listen, please. There's, so, there's no anxiety in the Lord's still waters. There's no anxiety there. But there is, there is a quietness of spirit, peace within, pure contentment in the Lord's still waters. And the Lord invites a sheep to come there. We live in such a busy, fast-paced life, full of tension and a lot of strife. A lot of us live in the edge with little or no margin, and anxiety is an all-time high. Jesus offers you a better way. Jesus said, let go, child. Let go, child. Come to my quiet waters. Sit down with me. Talk with me. Commute with me. Tell you what, sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need that. I used to have a place when I used to work at ArtVac Corporation. Uh, if you want to go take a, a drive there, in the back of the building, there was a... Beautiful woods there. A lot of times at lunchtime, I just park there and just go a little bit in the woods. I'm not crazy, just quietness of the birds singing and just the quiet, just talk with the Lord. Meditate on His Word sometimes, just quietly looking at God's creation and just meditating on His goodness, how good He was to me and how good He continued to be to me. But there was sweet times. And I, my job, I have a place which I don't, really stop there, but it's a place between 
one big building and another is a big walk, about like most like more than a half a mile, almost a mile. And I walk, and when I walk there, when I want to have some time with the Lord, and just not because I'm I'm trying to cheat him, I just not there. I'm going to a place. If I have something to do, I'll cross there. And every time, it was like every time I walk through there, the thought of God's presence is just there. It just just consumes your mind and just begin to think as you walk. You look up to the sky, you see the sky. Even in a raining day, snowy day, it don't matter. I believe we need to have that time of quietness with the Lord. Go to the, His quiet waters and sit down and talk with the Lord. Maybe just stay quiet there and just meditate on the goodness of God. Because let me tell you folks, God is good. God is good. Jesus offers that to us, to His sheep. When you follow Him as your shepherd, He leads you beside the still waters. He slows you down. He helps you focus on what is important and gives you peace. His peace. A peace that the world cannot give you, but He can give it to you. How we need the shepherd to lead us through these crazy times that we live in. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and He will lead you to a resting place, to that oasis of peace in the midst of a crazy and anxious world. In the midst of this hustle and bustling of Christmas, people so busy and so rude in stores, if you notice that. As many people are so about themselves and buy their things, they can be rude. What a wonderful time just to walk in with the peace of the Lord, just, just enjoying the moment. Because think about it, this might be our last Christmas that we celebrate, who knows? We sing this morning, turn your eyes upon Jesus, so soul are you weary and troubled. No light in the darkness, you see. There's a light for a look at the Savior, a light more abounded than free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. His word shall not fail you, He promised. Believe Him and all will be well. Then go to a world that is dying as perfect salvation to tell. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Let us see, He provides correction and renewal when you fall. Jesus provides you for physical needs. He provides you rest and peace in, a, in, a, in, a, in this anxious world, but He also provides correction and renewal when we fall. Look at some, uh, the words of the psalm in, in verse 3. Look, look what He says, He restored my soul. That word restored is a word that speaks of refreshing and renewal. Uh, uh, a commentary tells how a shepherd, uh, a shepherd, one of the greatest danger of his sheep is when a sheep became, became cast or cast down. This is an old English term for sheep that has turned over on his back and cannot get up, up again. I'm sorry, up again. If the shepherd does not find and restore the, the sheep, especially on a hot or sunny day, the cast sheep can die within a matter of hours. Get this. We all fall at times, don't we? We all fall. We all have our faults. We, we know, we're not perfect sheep. We nibble here, nibble there, nibble over there. And before we know, the shepherd is over here and we're two miles down the street. Away from the shepherd's fall. You know what? And the shepherd is there waiting for us. He goes after us. We are cast down in our souls. We are depressed. We are weary about the things of this world. We get discouraged. We, we get lonely. We say, God, where are you? He comes to our rescue. Please know when you fall down, Jesus does not abandon you. He doesn't leave you alone. Rather, Jesus comes to, to restore you to the fall if you belong to him. If you have falling in sin, he disciplines and corrects us. As we, as we need. And if you are cast down he, he, in the sadness of life, He looks to renew, to refresh you in His still waters. When King David sinned against God, he knew that he needed restoration. Uh, and so he prayed his words before the Lord. Go, actually, go to Psalm 51.10. Look at the words of David as he looked back to the, to the, to the Lord and told the Lord to forgive him. And look the way he was so cast down. And right here, he comes to the shepherd because again, Psalm 23, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. 
I have no want. But David walked away, nibble here, nibble there, walked so far away from the Lord, and now he comes back, and who is the Lord right there to receive him, and to receive you, to receive me. Look what it says in Psalm 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take nigh thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore me in the joy, Lord says, Lord says, the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Psalm 51 is such a beautiful prayer of repentance. What a comfort to know that when you fall, you can get up again. That Jesus is the good shepherd who comes looking for you, who restores you, your soul, and provides correction and renewal when we fall. Listen, there's no sin that God cannot forgive. He forgives us. We make so many mistakes, don't we? We do. And sometimes we, we get so discouraged, we say, listen, you might think I'm kidding. I met with Christians before through the, year, through the years. They said, Pastor, I did this even before I became a pastor. God will never forgive me. Yes, He does. Yes, He does. Every time we come to Him, He forgives us because that's what God does. He is a forgiving God. Let it be provides guidance for your life. Jesus provides for your physical needs. He provides rest and peace in, in this anxious world. He provides correction and renewal when you fall. And he finally, He provides guidance for your life and mind. Listen to the words of the psalmist in Psalm 23.3. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Sheep are pretty much helpless when it comes to finding the way to their own. And they are notorious for going off the way. Left to themselves, they would never find the green pastures that the Lord is talking about here or the quiet waters that David speaks in Psalm, in Psalm 23. We are the same way. We need God's guidance. There's no, no uh, I'm sorry, there are so many wrong paths out there. So many ways we can nibble away from the ways of the Lord. So many ways to bring damage to our own lives and the lives that we live in this world. But let me tell you, we have a shepherd on which says to us, follow me, follow me. Follow me. And he calls us. And if we are sensitive to the call of the Lord, we keep following the path the Lord traced for us. When we don't listen to him, then we go different ways. Listen. We cannot be happy unless we are holy. And we cannot be holy unless we, let, we are led, we, we let God, I'm sorry, guide us in the paths of righteousness. And notice why God does this. Psalm 23, leaded me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. That's, that's my little odd of this hint tonight. God doesn't guide us just because, but He guides us because He loves us. Yeah, and well, yes, God doesn't guide you because He loves just you. He guides you because He has a, a, a deep love for you and me, and He says, you're too precious to me for me to let you go. He guides you in the path of righteousness because he brings, he brings him glory. That's what the psalm says. At the same time, the same thing Jesus said in the, psalm, in the Sermon on the Mount. Look what it says. Uh, in some, I'm sorry, Matthew 5, 16, it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And look what it says. Now stop there. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. God guides you in righteous paths so that you may follow. And when you do follow, it brings him glory. When we live for the Lord in this world, guess what we do? And we bring glory to our shepherd. The Lord provides for you as a shepherd. He provides for a sheep. Jesus provides for you physical needs. He provides rest and peace in this anxious, anxious world. He provides correction and renewal when you fall. And finally, like I said, He provides guidance for our everyday life. Do we need guidance? Yes, we do, all of us. How many times we stand, we say, I don't know where I'm going. Ever been there? I don't know what I'm going to do. And we begin to pray, ask the Lord for guidance, because we don't want to make a mistake. We don't want to go the wrong way. That's our God. I'll conclude with this tonight. In closing today, I would like to ask you two questions. Who is your shepherd? Who is guiding you through life? Who are you following in this journey of life? 
Let me remind you tonight that there was no shepherd like the Lord Jesus. There's no one who will take care of you better than Jesus. There's no one who will provide for you better than Jesus. There's no one who will give you salvation rather than Jesus or better than you, rather than Jesus. If you never put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm talking to you online tonight, watching us, and receive Him as your personal Savior. Tonight is the night that you can make Jesus Christ as your shepherd. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for this passage of Scripture. Lord, uh, you were the shepherd of David. And he said he was satisfied. He had no want because he knew you personally. Maybe the same for all of us here tonight and those online. Lord, because we trust you so much. We love you so much. You are our great shepherd. Guide us, Lord, to green and still waters. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you could stand, please. Let's sing a song tonight. I have decided to follow Jesus. Page 470. I have decided to follow Jesus. I'm sorry. decided to follow Jesus, our great shepherd. He was the shepherd of David, and he is our shepherd as well. The great Yahweh is the great shepherd, and he can't take care of us. He can't take care of us in any situation of life if we follow him. Let's, let's pray as we be dismissed. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the blessing of being in your house tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing of being, being with, for being with God's people tonight and this morning. Lord, Sundays are wonderful. We spend time together in fellowship with one another. And, Lord, those are times we treasure. And, Lord, it moves so fast. seems like we just got here this morning and the day is over. But help us, Lord, as we move out of this place, as we go to our places. Uh, pray, Father, for your protection, for your guidance. Help us, Lord, guide us when even when we are discouraged, when we are beaten down. Encourage us, Lord. You are our shepherd. And, Lord, we have no want. Help us to trust. Help us to trust you. I pray. Go with us in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>